views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Great to have you guys here. It is so cool. Yeah. I got to pinch myself sometimes, pinch myself. Oh, my goodness. I am so, so excited for all of you today. So excited. First of all, you're going to get to hear us chat about change. And I want to just say, and then Sue Storm, the angel lady. How does it get any better than this? Uh, I just want to say, everybody, um, there is a standard format we have on the show, and it's real simple. Anytime you got something on your mind, got a question you want to ask, want to connect with one of the one of our fabulous featured guests, want to say hi to Benny or me, you just call our toll-free number. Just give that that old thing a call. 1-800-930-2819. Today during the show we are going to give a uh, copy of the book away. The book I'm referring to is called Smart Change. Uh Dr. Art Mark been joining me here today, but before we get into all of that, what smart change is and what it isn't. I want to say hi to Mr. B. Hi, Mr. Benny. Howdy, neighbor. How are you? I'm uh, good as usual, I think. I got nothing really more to take. Although I'm not going to pinch you. That's a little bit out of my range. Yeah, I don't know. That's overstepping the boundaries. We might have some HR issues then. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we won't go there. The old HR issues. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, Linda will get on her HR hat. You know, she. Oh, has- yeah. Yeah, she was quite a player in the HR arena. She'll put us in like a room and have us watch those videos, you know. (laughs) Benny, that is so what she did. Uh huh. She had, yeah, her big directorship. Everyone snickered and giggled during the whole thing. And then, of course, you leave the room and everyone starts doing exactly what was not supposed to do in the video. It's so funny. But I I have to tell you, though, they ain't many people snicker at Linda. No. I'm I'm just saying up front right there. I'm just saying up front right there. But by the time you were done having a HR chit chat with her, you were the wiser. You left the room knowing some stuff. Boy, you didn't. And, you know, here's the deal. You were at a, a change point, a choice point. You were either going to be the is or you were going to be the isn't. You were either going to be the bug or you were going to be the windshield. But the bottom line was the choice was up to you. That was my Howard Cosell moment. That wasn't too bad. Did you hear that? A little. Well, you got to have a little bit more of a pause in between, I think, you know. Oh, that's right. The whole, like, this is Howard Cosell. Like, (laughs) was that all right? I mean, I don't know. That was okay, but I got to work on it. But Oh, oh, I I got a thumbs up from Taylor. He thinks he likes it. Does he like it? Oh, he loves that. Yeah, okay. So here's the deal. I started to do a little, um, what do they call that? A little spoof thing, and then I stopped. 
as if I were Howard Cosell, who had now come back and had looked at that last play. I, I'm sorry, I have to bring it up again. The last play of the Super Bowl game. Oh. I had a Howard Cosell moment around that. I'm not going to share it, but I, I'm probably going to record it. Probably going to do a little recording. <laughs> All right, go for it. The only the how the Howard Cosell uh, clip or memory I always have in my head. Didn't he do the Wild World of Sports? Oh yeah, uh, where like uh, triumph and tragedy over blah blah blah. And when he yeah. was voicing it, it was like right when the scene some like. Uh, what was it? Um, a, a ski jumper. Ski jumper. Yeah, like went end over end over the side, and that's the one I do remember vividly yeah, of that. Yeah. Uh, well, today we get to choose differently. Yes. Yeah, we get to do it. You know why? Yeah, we've got uh, art in the house, and I'm talking about art. Markman joining me here today, the author of Smart Change, Five Tools to Create New and Sustainable Habits in Yourself and Others. Why do we want this? You know, why do we want this? Because I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I've had to work at some of the changes in my life. I've had to work at them. And, you know, what I want to say is, you know, did I have to work extraordinarily hard at them? Maybe, maybe not. But here's the deal. If we're going to put the time and the effort into things, don't we want those things that we are bringing new in our lives to be sustainable habits in ourselves that we're letting go of, habits that we're bringing forth. And so today, it is so great to have Art joining us here today, someone that knows a lot about what change is. You know, professor of psychology and marketing, University of Texas at Austin, uh, not even going to talk about football right there, but um, he's also the founding director of the program of the human dimensions of organizations. Beyond all of that, what do we want to talk with him about when it comes to cognitive science, when it comes to change? You know, when it comes to some of the things he writes about, whether he's writing for Psychology Today, you know, Fast Company, or whether he's showing up you know, on Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, and all the other folks out there that want to hear what he has to say. But today, we get to talk about smart change. And so what that implies, or whether smart thinking uh, also is something that he is known for, uh, whether it's that or whether it's not, the key word I think in this is smart. Art, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Can I call you Art? Thanks. Thanks, Pat. Great to be here. All right. You know, okay, so I said the key word in the dialogue is smart. Now, why, why did I say that? You know, because I have to say I'm probably one of the folks that you've, you've talked to over time that has shown up not so smart, not so smart. <laughs> tell, tell us a little bit about why you decided to talk about smart change as opposed to the gazillion other ways you could have talked about it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the very first thing is, look, a lot of us, we, we, almost everybody's had this situation where they've wanted to change something about themselves. A lot of us, though, have gotten to the point where we don't even bother making New Year's resolutions anymore because we know that come the next year we're going to be making that same resolution all over again. And that's because a lot of times what we do is we fight against the way that our brain works rather than working with it. Um, unfortunately, you know, if you look around the world, almost everybody you know has a mind. Almost nobody knows how that mind works. Um, we, we just don't uh, learn much about the, about the mind. And that's unfortunate because it puts us in a situation where we then try to do 
difficult things like changing our behavior, and we end up from the very beginning doing things that, that get in the way of the way the system works rather than working with it. Well, you know, one of the things that I think it's so interesting that we're talking about here is the idea of change. It, it, it is the word that most people, if you've worked in organizations like I have, you know, have worked in human resources, was responsible for um, launching and implementing one of the first downsizing programs in the history of the Bell system. The word change becomes a, just like a, I'm I'm having a hot flesh just trying to talk to you about it right here, Doctor Art. I'm just like, uh, what what is it about the word change, the idea of change, that seems to make it so difficult for people to even look at, let alone embrace for their own lives? Yeah, you know, so much of what we do on a daily basis, we do by habit. Uh, we do mindlessly, and in organizational contexts, not only do we do these things mindlessly, but the entire structure of the organization is set up to promote those kinds of behaviors. The environment that we work in pushes us to do particular things. The people that we encounter day in and day out are reinforcing those old behaviors. And so even if you wake up one day and think, you know what, I want to make a change, uh, you're not free to do that just by yourself because you may not have complete control over that environment. You may not have complete control over the people that you're coming into contact with. And so there are times where making a change is an exercise in frustration because you're fighting against your own habits. And then there's a time where making that change is frustrating because you're also fighting against the culture around you. Well, you know, one of the things I want to ask you is about your own personal relationship with change. You know, what I find is I I love talking. Don't laugh at me now, right? This is going to be pretty funny. People say, Pam, why do you keep talking about broken promises? Oh, perhaps had something to do with studying them for about eight years, right? Uh, Interviewing like a lot of people about them. But I don't really talk about them the way I used to. However, when I think about that, I think about my own history with that. And I don't know for whatever reason, it's a theme in my life. Is change a personal theme for you? Yeah, it is. I mean, I think it, and it is at two different levels. At, at the one level, I, I'm a researcher. Um, I've spent my life studying uh, the way that people think and the way that they act, and I'm really interested in motivation and in habits and in the factors that are influencing people's behaviors, the decisions that they make. So I've studied it on the research side. But then, you know, like everybody else I know, I've also had my own struggles with trying to change behavior from from learning not to bite my nails anymore, uh, which I did from the age of five up till I was in grad school, to uh, losing weight to uh, in my mid-30s, I picked up the saxophone and and learned to play it. And and all of those were changes of different types. And, uh, you know, when you struggle with some of these kinds of changes, you begin to realize that there has to be a better way to do this stuff. And there is, because you can really use a lot of what you know about the way the mind works to make that happen effectively. Well, you know, there are a lot of things you and I are going to talk about here today. You know, because you were so brilliant <laughs> in taking the time to write a book, you know, that talks about sustaining behavior. You're absolutely right. You know, many of us have gone through, no, I don't, I don't really set goals anymore, but I do set intentions. You know, I really don't try to roll the boulder uphill anymore, you know, but I don't mind taking the ride down so long as I've got my seatbelt on. 
Um, yeah. and, and then the question comes, you know, uh, well, what about the change that I, I, I put in relationship to the first time I jumped out of an airplane? Well, we're going to ask you about that when we come back. I love this. We're going to give a copy of this book away. Smart Change, Five Tools to Create and Sustain uh, and Sustainable Habits in Yourself and Others. And so this is an invitation for everyone out there. Do you have something out there that you'd love to change? Do you have you know, this place where you'd like to set something in motion that's not in motion now, you're, 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 you can give us a call at 1-800-930-2819. We're going to take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back with Dr. Art Markman. We'll be right back. Wondering how to play the game of life and actually win? Stop wondering and start winning the game of life with the unique, incomparable Lynn Brown. Lynn takes everyday aspects of life and infuses them with the magic of soul and passion to help others. She wants to help you next. Lynn offers a myriad of spiritual healing from chakra clearing, aura healing to even corporate and business readings. Bring your game face and visit letter R, letter U, Intuit.com or call 844-LETTER-B-INTUIT. Holistic Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistic Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. What does a dentist of the year get? A little plaque. (laughs) Welcome to Smile Big, where we offer cosmetic, restorative, and preventative dentistry. Dr. James Rosenwald and Dr. Susan Abdenard work hard every day for their clients to be happy to smile with the latest equipment for complete smile restoration for anyone. The sooner you call, the sooner they can help. Call 425-454-4040 or email scheduling at smilebig.com. You can even visit our website at smilebig.com. Transformation Talk Radio's amazing hosts span from the Pacific to the Atlantic coast. With a world full of loyal fans, what's stopping you from joining our clan? Bring your powerful message to listening ears. We've been helping people do this for many years. Want to make a difference? We can help you out. Just give us at Transformation Talk Radio a shout. It's easy to get started with an email so small to host at TransformationTalkRadio.com and then we'll give you a call. Ari Hoffman is the hottest psychic with the warmest heart and the host of the hit show Angels and Answers. A renowned psychic, medium, spiritual life coach, and an entertaining motivational speaker, Ari has helped over 15,000 people with his amazing intuitive gifts, his passion, and his humor. Call 877-ANGEL-02 to schedule a personal reading or to have your own psychic Artie party. That's 877-ANGEL-02. And visit ArtieHoffman.com and Angels and Answers on Facebook. Time 
Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Um, All right. Before we kind of, you know, move on, would you take a moment and let folks know the best way they can find out more about you? And then we will talk about um, some of the things that are so important for us to understand about change. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Yeah. The, uh, if you want to find out a little bit more about some of the stuff I do, um, I have a website, smartthinkingbook.com, that has information about my books and, and some blog entries and stuff like that. But I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. I think I'm even on Pinterest and Instagram. So <laughs> you can find me almost anywhere that social media exists. Well, you talk about, thank you so much also for joining me here today. You talk about, you know, go systems, stop systems, and many other things. Um, But the thing that I love about some of this is you use language like energizing our goals. Um, You you use language that talk more of the motivation uh, of things. Um, And you kind of put that under tame the go system. So I, I actually would love to hear what the go system is and you know what it is we should know most about it yeah um thanks you know it's it's one of the ways to think about the about the motivational system is to actually take a little tour through your brain um if you've ever seen a brain before or a picture of a brain it it looks kind of like a pair of boxing gloves set the wrong way around a little bit bumpier than than your typical boxing glove and uh and if you were to look at a brain it's gray in color on the outside and neuroscientists cleverly call that gray matter um if you dig down into the brain a little bit if you were to slice into that brain a couple of millimeters down it turns white in color which they call white matter and that's that's a lot of insulated nerve fibers that are running through the brain and as you continue to dig through the brain deep inside the brain you come to some more of these gray matter areas those areas of the brain are the ones that we share with rats and mice and sheep and deer, and they're, they're very well evolved. They're very efficient. And so um, what that, those brain structures do is that they engage the goals that we have, and they allow us to find behaviors that we've performed in the past that have been successful and allow us to perform those behaviors, and, 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 and they, so they, they maintain our habits. And because they drive us to act, I call that the go system. And the key characteristic of the go system is it's very efficient. It actually makes it, uh, it makes us desire to do the thing that the go system is engaged. So, you know, if you really want to eat something, food suddenly looks really attractive. You don't care anymore about your beach-ready body. And, and you don't really care about much else because you, you really want to eat. And so that go system is very, very effective at doing what it's doing. And, and so a big part of behavior change is making sure that when you're trying to change your behavior, that you're actually trying to reprogram that go system to develop a new set of habits to engage goals in a different way. Because the only other option is that there's a second brain system that I call the stop system that involves some brain areas right above your eyes in the frontal lobes of the brain, the fingers of that boxing glove. And the purpose of the stop system is to try and stop us from doing things that the go system is engaged. And that stop system is very inefficient. It's, it's impaired by stress by drugs and alcohol, by overuse. If you have a really hard day at work and you spend all of your time 
keeping yourself from yelling at your boss, you get home and that stop system is wiped out and you can't expect to just stop yourself from overeating or doing any of the other things at home that you don't want to do. Thank you for talking about that. You know, one of the things that I want to ask you about is the idea of motivation. I want to chat about motivation for a minute if we could. Um, You know, it's a word. It's a word. Some people put a capital M on it. Some people don't. Um, But someone said to me a long time ago is you got to want it. You got to want it. And, you know, I remember that was my mom, actually. (laughs) She was actually the queen of perseverance. Um, And really taught us a lot about that. But one of the fundamental things she said to to us as kids growing up is, you know, as much as I want you to do this and this and have a life of this and this, so long as you don't want it, boy, that's going to be a rough road. Is it possible to achieve goal changes if, quote, according to my mom, right, we don't really want it? And, you know, she was from the South. And so, so part of, you know, growing up to her you know, there was a lot of philosophies, but talk about the wanting, if you could. Yeah, you know, it's it really is is so important to to actually have have a desire to make a change. Um, you know, I always say that the old joke is true. You know, how many psychologists does it take to change a light bulb? Only one, but the light bulb has to want to change. Um, you know that I think there's a lot of truth in that. You know, if if you know the one of the very first steps in making a change, I can give you all the tools uh, for for making change in the world. But if you if you're not in a situation where you've decided that this is something you want to change about yourself, you're just not going to put the effort in to do it. You're going to find ways to sabotage that process and to go back to doing what you're always doing. So it's really important to find ways to create that motivation. For example. I think it's really important to play this game of what I call looking backward in order to look forward, which is to say if you look at the research that's been done on regret over the years, there's a great psychologist by the name of Tom Gilovich at Cornell who's done this beautiful work on what people regret. And if you ask college students who are the fruit flies of psychology research um, what they regret, they almost exclusively regret the things in their lives that they've done that were silly. Right. I regret getting drunk and getting sick. I regret cheating on a test. I regret getting in a car accident. But when you look at older adults, people in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, you ask them what they regret, they almost exclusively regret things they didn't do. You know, I never learned to salsa dance. I never learned to, uh, uh, to, to speak another language. I never traveled the world. And so it's really important when you want to motivate yourself to look at, at the way your life is going to look to you when you reach the end of it and there aren't more opportunities to do things. And ask yourself, what will you regret not having done? And that is a great motivator for then trying to add something like that into your life. You know, um, I, I know that there's a lot to talk about. What, what if you, I want to ask you a question um, about challenges. Um, and, and the reason that they come up for me is because I think I, I, I don't think I'm different than other people, but I think I've certainly had a fair share of challenges. Uh, I, I've, I've tried to think about this. I was reading your book. I was trying to think about, you know, which ones did I have in my life that I consider game changers, Right meaning that no matter how I tried, no matter what I did in the human form, the only one that was going to make this change better was going to be my higher power. 
And, Mm -hmm. you know, I just wanted to ask you about that. I wanted to ask you about our need for control uh, and our desire to change. And it's almost like that's an oxymoron in the same sentence. But how do these two work together or don't? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, right? I mean, and one of the things that's lurking in the background of all of this discussion is how do we deal with failure? And I think one of the fundamental problems is that we, we are afraid to fail. We're afraid to make mistakes. If you, if you look at what we learn, I mean, think about the kinds of habits we develop. Well, our education system teaches us from almost the first day of school that the way to survive is not to make mistakes. In fact, you know, you take your first spelling test and you get an X on the page and points get taken off when you make a mistake, which means that the people who succeed in school are the ones who've learned to make as few mistakes as possible. And one of the things that happens then is we become afraid to make mistakes because we don't realize that actually mistakes are the road to learning how to do things better in the future, and we don't want to admit to those mistakes. And so part of what we need to do, each and every one of us, is to change our orientation to mistakes and to failure and to really treat them as learning experiences. Way Towards the end of, of Smart Change, one of the things I do is I quote a poem by the mm-hmm. Dutch poet Pete Hein. Um, and he, he's got this he had these little poems he called Grooks, um, and I, I love them. And my favorite one of his is this one that's called The Road to Wisdom. And, and it goes like this, right? The road to wisdom is to err and err and err again, but less and less and less. And I just love that. Well, and I, I love it, too, I mean, because, you know, from the very nature of how we we move forward in life, some of the most incredible experiences, I will say for myself, uh, that uh, let's call them failures, if we could, have opened up doors of opportunity and lessons that without that failure, I would have never gotten. Not in a million books, not in a million degrees, not any way, not any lecture I've ever sat at. Nothing would have helped me with it quite like coming to a level of awareness of that. And I think you talk about this as well. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to give a copy of the book away. And we're going to talk about, you know, how important is it for us to connect with others? How important is it to share what our change is about? How do we get support from that? And what does that mean, you know, when Art talks about engage with others? What's the magic formula? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show. Hi, I'm Leslie Fontaine with Sheer Alchemy on Transformation Talk Radio. And here's your tip of the day. When it comes to positive thinking and the law of attraction, many of us could say, been there, done that, read the book. So what happened if we didn't get there, didn't achieve the goal, didn't step into our abundance? Typically, there are some core wounds and core fears that keep us from stepping out. We also have energies in our ancestral lines, our cultural and family codes, and even agreements that keep us in check. So let me challenge you. When you had the desire that burned in your soul, what happened? How did discouragement set in? Why did you stop? What came up for you? Whose voices? Listen, there's hope. 
but it does not come from suppressing the energy that's within you. We all know it's going to spill out somewhere. So join me on Transformation Talk Radio and Sheer Alchemy, and we're going to find out how we can shift you into the intentions that can manifest for you. Do you want to transform your life's trauma and challenges into the gift that your life was meant to be? It's time for you to take control of your soul journey to heal, grow, and shine. Manifest your destiny with Wendy Wolf, soul transformer, energy, and psychic healer. To start your soul journey, contact Wendy at healgrowshine.com or email Wendy at wendy at wendyrwolf.com and start your adventure today. It's here, the 23rd Annual Women of Wisdom Conference, February 12th through the 16th. This year's theme is I Am We, Hearts Connecting Communities, with special guests Jean Shinoda Bolin, healer Patty Conklin, Penny Pierce, and over 40 experiential life-changing workshops and inspiring evenings, all individually priced for you to create your unique conference. Evenings open to men. Find out all the details at www.womenofwisdom.org. Register for a half-day workshop and bring a friend for 40% off. If you're one of the millions of Americans suffering from anxiety, you probably know how powerless and out of control this emotion can make you feel. This is why it is so important to remember that anxiety is created by your mind, which means that you can learn to use your mind to uncreate it. Hello, my name is Dr. Friedman Schaub. My award-winning book, The Fear and Anxiety Solution, provides you with a step-by-step breakthrough process to understand and resolve the root causes of your anxiety and build a solid foundation of confidence and inner peace. If you are ready to take your power back, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. That's thefearandanxietysolution.com or call 866-903-6463. That's 866-903-MIND. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, Welcome back to the show. I I would love to give a copy of Smart Change uh, to our first caller, Benny uh, Taylor, if we could. Uh, The toll-free number in order to receive the book, it's real simple. Just call and be the first caller, 1-800-930-2819. We'd love to get you some tools um, through the brilliant work that Art has done to create the kind of change that you want to see in your life and create the kind of life that you want to see happen. Um, This is a very important topic, um, Art, to me. And it's it's important topic for me for so many reasons, and I talked a little bit about it. But before the break, I mentioned the idea of engaging others, and I and and there's a couple different points that we can make on this. One is engage others as in part of our journey. Two is engage others as lesson makers, and and there's at least a third that says engage others so we don't have to do it alone. But boy. If anything was difficult, I think engaging others is really where we step in the pothole. I don't know. What do you think? 
Yeah, absolutely. Particularly in this culture, we we live in a in a culture that's a very individualist culture. We we prize great people who do great things in difficult situations. And I think what we need to do is to recognize that humanity survives because of our ability to work together. You know, if you were to take the most imposing football player that you can think of, uh, you know, and put him up against a bear, uh, my money's on the bear every single time. You know, it's, we're, we're, we don't survive because of, of what we are as individuals. We survive because of our ability to work together, to learn from each other. And, and that's deeply wired into our motivation system. So, for example, um, goals are contagious. If you spend time with people who are doing something that, that you would like to do, you will naturally begin to want to do that same thing yourself, which means that when you're trying to change behavior, it's really important to spend time with people who are doing what you want to do and to avoid spending time with people who are doing what you don't want to do because that goal is going to be really contagious. And then on top of that, you want to learn from the people around you. And, and I think this is, you know, probably the key point. Um, you know, the thing about humans is we're able to learn how to do things no matter what the information landscape is, no matter what the world looks like to us. And so we can survive in this era of computers and cell phones and iPads when Clearly, our evolutionary ancestors didn't have anything like that. But the only way we can learn to do that is by engaging with other people in ways that help them to teach us the right way to do this. And oddly enough, when it comes to behavior change, a lot of times we don't let people teach us how to, how to avoid the mistakes that they made. Um, you know, I, I, I did a show not too long ago where I look back at my life and I, I was really struck by the fact I, I was actually doing a gratitude uh, uh, list and it was more than a list. I was actually journaling about gratitude in my life. And, you know, I started out with the gratitude of my life in the current moment I was in. And then I went back. I, I mean, I literally went back. Th this wasn't done, by the way, Art, just so you know, in a 24 hour period. <laughs> right. I went back and I looked at things like that. Um, and I also looked at things that I really resented that I remembered growing up, whether it be in the corporate world and how even those levels of resentments catapulted me, for example, to go back to school. Uh, and I wanted to ask you where emotions, right? What is the relationship between emotions and change? And what I mean by that is not just, you know, the Pollyanna type emotions that, you know, I, I, I talk about a lot of the times. But other emotions, you know, things that show up when we fear of betrayed, do they help with or do they hurt? Yeah, you know, yeah. that's a it's a great it's a great question. You know, and the thing about emotions is that they are a reflection of the way that your motivational system works. So I remember I talked about how that motivational system, that ghost system, is buried deep inside the brain. One of the things about burying that, that, that motivation system deep in the brain is that it doesn't connect well with all of the great storytelling apparatus that we have um, in the cortex of our brain. And so we actually have remarkably little insight into what our motivational system is doing, which is frankly one of the reasons why lots of people end up going into therapy, because they, they live in blissful ignorance of why they're acting the way they are. It turns out the best uh, 
the best influence, uh, the best understanding we can get of our own motivational system is by analyzing our own emotions. And in particular, things like um, a big thing that our motivational system does is sometimes it focuses on avoiding things, and sometimes it focuses on approaching desirable things. And as some kinds of our emotions, fear, stress, anxiety, sometimes things like betrayal as well, those are emotions that happen when we're, when we're spending our time in a mode of avoidance. Whereas emotions of happiness, uh, joy, but also sadness and despondency come about when uh, we are focused on approaching things. You know, for, for Seattle football fans, for example, you know, the Super Bowl was a real approach goal. It was, it was a desirable thing. Losing that game made people sad. Right, not fearful, but sad. Right. And I think it's really important to understand those emotions because if you discover that most of your emotions are associated with avoidance, if you're experiencing fear and stress and anxiety, or even relief and calmness, those are avoidance-related emotions. And what that means is that you're spending your life trying to avoid calamities rather than really trying to go after the great things in life. Um, you know, I know that we have uh, so many things to chat with you about because, you know, you've done such a super job in, in helping us with this. Uh, I want to ask you this question. Uh, you know, you've talked to a lot of people. You've been on television. You've been on radio. Um, there is this notion, if I could just drop it out to you, that says, you know what, I'm okay. And, you know, there used to be a book that was called I'm okay, you're okay. But, you know, the reality is I'm okay, you're not so okay. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. You know, yeah. I know that was a best-selling book, but really, did anybody back then really believe that? I mean, don't we really live in a place, right, in, in our society where judgment is in the forefront of so much of what we do? And I want to talk about that because, you know, I've heard some people say, yeah, you know what? I'm taking that 20 pounds off because, you know what? My husband said to me, oh, honey, you look like that dress is a bit tight. Uh, so, you know, right? So I want yeah. to talk about this because we judge each other. Sometimes in my experiences, I've had people judge me and put language in a performance appraisal. Stuff like, you know what? We love her, but boy, she's on another planet. Who knew that I'd be able to do a radio show and literally be on another planet? So tell me about the relationship between judgment and change. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, I mean, one of the fundamental things that we all have to go through is to, is to understand what, even when we have some desire, some motivation to change, you know, it's, it's important to begin to figure out why do I want to change? What is, what is this in service of? And to really make sure in the long run that we do, we do most of our change in service of things that, that align with who we feel we are inside, rather than, than doing it solely because somebody else thinks it's important. Um, you know, and, and, and this is really important because, you know, if you, if you live your life in a, from a place of authenticity, what that really means is that the actions that you're taking on a daily basis really feel as though they fit with who you'd like to be. Mm-hmm. And that really requires understanding who you would like to be. What is the contribution that you want to make in your life? 
And, and I think that, you know, we have to get to the point where we don't try to make somebody else's contribution or somebody else's idea of the contribution we should be making. Because, frankly, right, we get one shot at this. You know, you get you have you have you have this life to do the things that you want to do to make the impact that you can make, and then after that, you know, at the end of your life, you get to look back on it and see how you did. But you don't get a do-over, and so it's really important to try to make sure that as much as possible, you are are really trying to be mindful of where it is that you want to go, and and to separate out the influences of what you'd like to do from what other people are telling you to do. Well, you know, I I mean, for many of us, uh, and you alluded to this, and I want to talk about this when we come back, uh, actually talk about some tips that can help people. Uh, Whether you turn on the channel of the day or whether you turn on a channel that is less of the day, uh, there is someone out there telling us that we're too tall, we're too short, we we. We're not well enough. We need to drink green drinks. All of it is the same. How do we filter this through our cognitive brain to know what's good for us, what needs to be changed, and what doesn't? That's why it's called smart change. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. Let's make this fleeting moment last forever. So tell me what you're waiting for. I'm gonna keep it frozen. Hi, this is David Zarza. And Philip Zarza. And we're the Sophisticated Guys. And we're here with your tip of the week. This is for all of you who want to feel younger and more courageous. In yoga, there's a saying that you're as young as your back is flexible. This week's sophisticated tip of the week is to help you shake the cobwebs off your confidence. In life, you're as young as your mind is flexible. Decide to do something differently. Wear a color you've not dared to. Share with that person what you've been holding back about. Take that dance class you've been contemplating for weeks. Just do it. This technique works best by committing to a month of this. Learn more or schedule a session by visiting GetSophisticated.com. That's get S-O-P-H-I-S-T-I-G-A-Y-T-E-D.com and call 206-420-8660. Once again, that's 206-420-8660. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, a.m. 1150, and Transformation Time. Talk Radio. Tune in each Tuesday at noon Pacific and 3 Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com for The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie Kroll, featuring weekly segments with David Eisen and the Chakra Sound System. Each week, you will journey through infinite possibilities, expand into social potential, and find beautiful beginnings where endings leave off. Changemakers from around the world will explore what's emergent about the environment, relationships, health, the arts, education, and the evolution of consciousness. Visit TheDrJulieShow.com. 
Sky Siegel co-hosts one of today's most popular psychic shows, Angels and Answers, with Artie Hoffman as she communicates healing messages from the spirit world. These messages can be astounding, enlightening, and life-changing. Born with the God-given talent of inner guidance and the amazing ability to heal, Sky has healed thousands of people. Schedule a reading with Sky now. Call 908-500-1474 and visit skyofangels.com. We Carry the Light with host Dr. Susan Allison is the show that inspires you to find the light within and shine your light in the world. You'll hear from guests who model how to be the highest, brightest, most evolved, fulfilled, and conscious humans possible. Tune in each Thursday, 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com and let Dr. Susan help you discover that you carry the unique light that only you can shine. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It is so great to have you guys joining us here today. Super, super to have you. Super to have Art joining me here today. Um, uh, you know, and the yeah, just so you know, the book is gone. Thank you, Art, for that. Uh, I also would love for you, again, to tell people the best way to find out more about you, your work, all of the above, before we get into talking about some solutions for folks. Yeah. Um, if you want to find out more about some of this, um, you can go to the website, smartthinkingbook.com. There's links there to Smart Thinking, Smart Change, Habits of Leadership, some of the books I've written, as well as blog entries and, and, and other information. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Instagram. I, you know, if it's, a, if it's a social network, I'm probably there posting uh, links to some of the stuff I write. Awesome. Super. Okay. Let's talk about some of the tips, some of the things we can learn so that we can implement the kind of change in our lives that we really, really want. Yeah. Well, you know, the very first thing that that, that people, one of the places where people fall down immediately is in the way that they describe the changes that they want to make in their lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's, it's fascinating to me that people start often by finding something they don't like about themselves, and then they say, you know what, my goal this year, my goal over the next six months is to stop doing this. Oh. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to stay, whether it's a personal habit, I'm going to eat less, stop smoking, stop biting my nails, or whether it's a work habit, I'm going to check my email less often, I'm going to, I'm not going to snap at my colleagues. The problem with these, with these negative goals isn't the emotional piece. It's that that go system only acts. It only does things. So you can't learn not to do something. So when you frame your goals negatively like that, one of the things that you end up doing is relying almost exclusively on that stop system. And like we said at the top of the show, that stop system is prone to failure. And so if you ride the brakes all the time, eventually you're going to give in to the things that you don't want to be doing. So it's really important instead to focus on positive behaviors, things you can actually perform. So, for example, email is the bane of modern existence. People go to work, and a lot of people I know, they're morning people. They they do their best work first thing in the morning. And so what do they do? They get to work, and they spend the first hour at work checking email, which is not the best use of their time. 
So what, what do you have to do instead? You have to say, okay, look, here's a positive plan for dealing with my email in the morning. I'm going to set a timer for 10 minutes, and I'm going to answer three, the three most important emails that came in overnight. And then I'm going to shut that off. And now I'm going to set another timer for an hour. And for that next hour, I'm going to work on something that's important to me, something that's, that's important that I get done that's a big-picture contribution that I can make. And by focusing yourself on the positive rather than the negative, you start the process by engaging that go system rather than riding the brakes on that stop system the whole time. And I think that's, the, that's one of the simplest things you can do that already gives you a much better chance of achieving your goals. Um, you know, so much has been said about New Year's resolutions. And we talked about this early, earlier. People just they're not just not into it anymore. And, you know, folks scratch their heads and they say, why? It's such an, it's such an age-old tradition, right? <clears throat> and, you know, one of the questions I think that, that just came in here talked about, all right, let's talk about weight loss. So one of our mm-hmm. listeners just sent me a question and said, you got to talk about weight loss. And, you, you know, it's a billion-dollar industry, and the success rate is not looking so good. And the question that came in from Lynn is, you know, is weight loss part of smart team? And I, I uh, knew I have to get one of them in here, right? Yeah. Well, thanks, Lynn. That's a great question because, and, and it, it is part of smart change. In fact, I talk uh, quite a bit about uh, about weight loss throughout the book as one of the, the, the behaviors that a lot of people are trying to change. I myself actually lost about 40 pounds about 15 years ago. And, you know, it, one of the, you know, one of the aspects of it is really setting those positive goals rather than negative ones. And another aspect of your goals that's important is while it's important to have outcomes that you're trying to reach, um, it's important not to focus selectively on those. I know a lot of people who say things like, I'm going to try and lose 10 pounds. And then they work and work and they do all kinds of crazy things and they lose 10 pounds. And then what? You know, now they're, they're back to business as usual. And so they go back to eating the way that they were and exercising the way that they did before. And sooner or later, sooner rather than later, really, that, that 10 pounds is back again. And so it's so important instead to, to focus yourself on the process by which you live your life and make the outcomes that you desire a side effect of that process. So you're going to eat in a particular way. You're going to exercise you know, a certain number of days a week and pick particular days and particular times to do that with a backup plan for when you don't make it. And when, when you create that process for living your life, you may look around and realize you lost weight, but you were never focused on that. You were focused on other things. You were focused on eating healthy meals that were delicious. You were focused on doing exercise that you enjoyed and making that sustainable, finding an exercise partner so you're engaging with somebody else, and, or, you know, or, or even seeing a, per, a personal trainer to help you to do that and learning from them. And the point of that is that's now the process by which you live your life rather than uh, an outcome. And then one other thing that's really important when it comes to weight loss is managing your environment, which we haven't talked a lot about, but it's a big tool in the book. Our, our behavior is so strongly driven by the environment around us, and a key principle is to make desirable behaviors easy and undesirable behaviors hard. And when I lost weight, part, part of the bane of my existence uh, prior to losing weight was my love affair with Ben and Jerry's ice cream. 
And I would sit there with those pint containers. Uh, You know, I'd pull it out of the freezer with a spoon. I'd sit down on the couch, and I'd start eating. And I'd get halfway down. I'd get one more spoonful past halfway. And then I just, it's impolite to put less than half back in the freezer. So I would eat the whole thing. And that's just not good for you. But I made a remarkable discovery when it comes to the environment, which is that you can't eat an ice cream that's not in your freezer. So... Mm -hmm. You know, I really, you know, you just don't, don't, there's no extra gold star you get when, when trying to lose weight if you face down temptation on a daily basis. So, you know, make the desirable behavior easy and the undesirable behavior hard and, and, and give yourself a fighting chance. Well, they absolutely. And, you know, I love what you're talking about because, yeah, I, I mean, there's the old situation. I'm kind of like you. I'm so, I'm so interesting. You brought up ice cream. Uh, <laughs> it is my one week spot. As a matter of fact, honestly, I can't even put it in the house. Uh, yeah. I don't really understand the idea. I mean, I don't buy half gallons. I will tell you that. Uh, <laughs> but I will buy that pint of Java chip uh, Haagen-Dazs or Starbucks used to make it. And literally speaking, I do what you say. I make the gallant attempt to have half. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work so well. Doesn't work so well. Thank you so much for joining us here today. I do have a question for you. Um, I would love to know what your personal message is. I would love to know what you would like to leave all of us with here today. And thank you so much for all the work that you do and for helping so many people. Well, uh, Pat, it's been great to talk to you today, and I really appreciate you giving me the chance to do that. And, you know, from my standpoint, I think it's, you know, the, the, the overriding message of everything I do is that there's a tremendous amount of really good research-based information out there on the way that your mind works, the way that your brain works, and that the more you learn about that, the more that you can work with your brain rather than against it in whatever it is you're trying to do, whether it's changing behavior, trying to think more effectively, trying to communicate with people better, get along with people better, almost any of the issues that people struggle with can be made easier just by learning a little bit more about the way that your mind works. Wow. Thank you so very much for the show. Thank you for the copy of the book. Uh, And, you know, thank you so much for helping all of us understand that change can be smart. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you. We're going to take a short break, everyone. Just so you know, we're going to take a short break. For more information about us, you can go to the drpatshow.com, transformationtalkradio.com, pretty soon transformationradio.fm. Also, find us on Facebook, The Dr. Pat Show, Twitter, The Dr. Pat Show. All right, everyone, we will be right back in a hot second or two. Stay tuned.
how to play the game of life and actually win? Stop wondering and start winning the game of life with the unique, incomparable Lynn Brown. Lynn takes everyday aspects of life and infuses them with the magic of soul and passion to help others. She wants to help you next. Lynn offers a myriad of spiritual healing from chakra clearing, aura healing, to even corporate and business readings. Bring your game face and visit letter R, letter U, intuit.com or call 844-LETTER-B-INTUIT. Holistic Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistic Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. What does a dentist of the year get? A little plaque. <laughs> Welcome to Smile Big, where we offer cosmetic, restorative, and preventative dentistry. Dr. James Rosenwald and Dr. Susan Abdenard work hard every day for their clients to be happy to smile with the latest equipment for complete smile restoration for anyone. The sooner you call, the sooner they can help. Call 425-454-4040 or email scheduling at smilebig.com. You can even visit our website at smilebig.com. Transformation Talk Radio's amazing hosts span from the Pacific to the Atlantic coast with a world full of loyal fans. What's stopping you from joining our clan? Bring your powerful message to listening ears. We've been helping people do this for many years. Want to make a difference? We can help you out. Just give us at Transformation Talk Radio a shout. It's easy to get started with an email so small to host at TransformationTalkRadio.com and then we'll give you a call. Artie Hoffman is the hottest psychic with the warmest heart and the host of the hit show Angels and Answers. A renowned psychic, medium, spiritual life coach, and an entertaining motivational speaker, Artie has helped over 15,000 people with his amazing intuitive gifts, his passion, and his humor. Call 877-ANGEL-02 to schedule a personal reading or to have your own psychic Artie party. That's 877-ANGEL-02. And visit ArtieHoffman.com and Angels and Answers on Facebook. Hi, I'm Leslie Fontaine with Sheer Alchemy on Transformation Talk Radio, and here's your tip of the day. When it comes to positive thinking and the law of attraction, many of us could say, been there, done that, read the book. So what happened if we didn't get there, didn't achieve the goal, didn't step into our abundance? Typically, there are some core wounds and core fears that keep us from stepping out. We also have energies in our ancestral lines, our cultural and family codes, and even agreements that keep us in check. So let me challenge you. When you had the desire that burned in your soul, what happened? How did discouragement set in? Why did you stop? What came up for you? Whose voices? Listen, there's hope, but it does not come from suppressing the energy that's within you. We all know it's going to spill out somewhere. So join me on Transformation Talk Radio and Sheer Alchemy, and we're going to find out how we can shift you into the intentions that can manifest for you. Do you want to transform your life's trauma and challenges into the gift that your life was meant to be? It's time for you to take control of your soul journey to heal, grow, and shine. Manifest your destiny with Wendy Wolf, soul transformer, energy, and psychic healer. To start your soul journey, contact Wendy at healgrowshine.com or email Wendy at wendy at wendyrwolf.com and start your adventure today. 
It's here. The 23rd Annual Women of Wisdom Conference, February 12th through the 16th. This year's theme is I Am We, Hearts Connecting Communities, with special guests Jean Shinoda Bolin, healer Patty Conklin, Penny Pierce, and over 40 experiential life-changing workshops and inspiring evenings, all individually priced for you to create your unique conference. Evenings open to men. Find out all the details at www.womenofwisdom.org. Register for a half-day workshop and bring a friend for 40% off. 